Dave Acorda Grail, as far as the Sports Line on Scarab Bay Community Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome once again to the Sports Line show here on Scarab Bay Community Radio on 88.3 FM and 92.7 FM and on the Tune app in association with their credit union. On today's show, I'm joined as always by co-presenter uh, Pat McNamara, and our special guest today who's going to cover a multitude of sports is uh, journalist Owen Brennan. And also, if you want to contact the show or to leave a comment about the show, you can contact us on the WhatsApp number 089-2582-647. That's 089-2582-647. And we welcome your comments. And now we're delighted to be joined on the line by a man very good to see on Scarif Bay Community Radio, a well-known local journalist uh, known all over the country. It's Owen Brennan. Owen, you're welcome once again to Scarif Bay Community Radio. Delighted to be with you, gentlemen. Hi, Owen. Owen, I suppose we start off, we go back to, to Simple Stadium last Saturday evening and a double-header, um, great win for the Hurlers. We start off, unfortunately, the Camogie didn't go so well in a Munster final uh, against uh, Tipperary. And I suppose it's safe to say, I suppose, a tale, I don't know how you put it, but Tipperary, a good bit ahead, Owen. Yeah, unfortunately, um <laughs> Just when I suppose when we were taught that the, the kind of days of those kind of hammerings were gone, uh, even against the top sides, uh, the Galways, the Kilkennys, and those, they, they kind of seemed to be getting closer to them. But uh, that uh, it was a really big setback just because of the way I suppose they had played last year in the Munster final, the extra extra time with Cork. Okay, the, the All Ireland didn't go their way, but uh, you know we kind of put that down to fatigue and the lack of a strength and depth in the squad. So. I think everyone kind of eyed up the Munster Championship again, really, once the, the draw with, with uh, All-Ireland draw with Galway and um, and Cork coming out. I think everyone kind of put a lot of purchase on that Munster Championship and everything seemed to be going according to plan. We beat Limerick, uh, Waterford beat Cork and then Tipperary beat Waterford. And, uh, so we, we would have felt we had a chance against Tipperary. We knew they were going to be better than last year, uh, but how sharp they actually were and then how poor I suppose Clare were um, and how far they were off that kind of pace was unfortunately uh, dis- very, very dis- disappointing and um, it, it'll be a difficult place for them to come back from a 17-point defeat at any stage. It takes a lot of introspection after that. Um, it, it takes a lot of hard questions and how do we get like that? And there's no doubt that Tipperary are definitely on the way back up. They were Definitely knocking at the door of the the top three uh, before COVID, anyway, for uh, for for a large extent, and uh, I think they're right back up there again. But how good they are, and how good how bad Clare were, um, I suppose you have to take both sides into account, really. And I suppose you look at the you look at the tip panel, and obviously they scored twenty six points. But when you look at the subs that were coming on for Tipperary, and they were ones with Munster club medals, you know, someone with Roman Inch there last year, you know, and. You know, you see, it just shows the strength of the panel when they were coming on as subs and you think you'd have enough done after 40 minutes when you see the likes of Tracy coming in uh, from Drummond Inch, like, and, you know, it's a big ask, like, but, you know, it kind of, as you said, it is going to be a difficult place, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, as you said, looking ahead to Cork and Galway, it ain't going to get any easier in, and, and a way trip to down looks taunting enough at this stage also. Yeah, but I suppose if you're going to pick any game out of the group, you'd have to pick down as being your your starting point. And I suppose they still have a fortnight from this weekend, uh, you know, to to that first round. So there there can be a bit of healing within the the camp itself. 
I think which would be important because uh, it, it's a difficult place to come back from losing the final in, in such a manner. Um, and I think uh, they'll be disappointed in a lot of aspects of it. I don't think physically we're able for that top four. We spoke no. about that. I, I, I can remember us, us having the same conversation maybe three to four years ago. Correct. Uh, yeah, I think right. Clare got yeah, better, correct. but I think Clare got better, but uh, the other <laughs> the other team as well. So I think unless you you a bit like the where the Clare hurlers have gone now, where you get the consistent uh, strength and conditioning program all <clears> the way up from let's say under thirteen or fourteen, all the way up, and that you have ready-made players uh, of that strength and depth that are able to step up to the next level. So from minor to I know there's no under twenty in in Camogie, but you know, stepping up to all those levels, let's say from minor to junior and junior to senior, I, I think um, I think the, the turnover is too high in Camogie, and and they need to have a more settled squad in it. So I think you need that more consistency of of strength and conditioning all the way up along, um, yeah. or else we're going to continue coming up against this problem because a lot of the current care squad have been there a long, long time. Let's not forget as well, and I know yeah. they may be young in age, but you know, they've a lot of miles on the clock as well. So um, you'd be hoping that they can keep this group together, but uh, it's not always the case. So unfortunately, it's another missed opportunity. It's tough to lose back-to-back Munster uh, finals, um, but I think the manner of this one um, will either make or break them at this stage. It'll either be the motivating tool to, to really have a go at Cork or Galway to try and have an upset, or else it's another missed opportunity of a year and another year gone for, for a lot of these players. Just before we leave that point on, that we, and we'll probably leave it then, um, you know, when the game was over and, and Tipperary came over to receive the cup, um, obviously their team came over right in front of the stand and the captain and the player of the match came up, but um, the Clare team lined up kind of straight behind them. <clears throat> and uh, the difference, I, I just noticed myself, the difference in conditioning seemed to be pretty massive. Now, I know when people have won, they're kind of bubbly and they're hopping around the place and they're happy and the Clare girls were standing there kind of hunched. But I thought there was an obvious difference in tone and muscle and power and athleticism, even to look at the teams. And that's exactly what you've been saying. But, you know, how quickly can that be changed is the question. Yeah, look, it's, it's, there's no silver bullet, to, to be honest, Pat, because... You know, it has to be consistently over time. And yeah, I, and that's the point. I, I mean, the most dramatic change around has been the Clare Hurlers. You know, in in Brian Lowen's time, if you saw the 2020 game against Limerick, um, in the, the COVID times there, yeah. where there was only a handful inside in, in Simple, uh, Stadium. Simple Stadium, and we were probably glad of it on the day because Limerick were straight ahead of us. Strength and conditioning, the whole lot. But uh, they put an awful lot of purchase on the strength and conditioning. And we saw last year, obviously, they cut up this year, we, we sprung a, a, finally a victory against them. So that's three years down the line. Mm. Um, and you can see the good work that's gone on. We've consistently got some back-to-back minor finals. Uh, the under-20s are in a final this year. So that strength and conditioning program is paying off. So maybe it isn't that long a turnaround. But uh, I do think there has to be a consistency across the board. Maybe more money put into the underage side of it. Um, uh, like... Uh, I kind of get the feeling, and, and this is very uneducated now, but I kind of get the feeling that it kind of depends on the management going in just as to how the strength and conditioning yeah. or the nutrition or the training goes. And I don't think it can be that simplified anymore. You know, I think there has to be a pathway all the way kind up of, along. Yeah, it's kind of ad hoc, ad hoc at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Well, well I'm, look, I'm, I, again, yeah. uneducated. Maybe I could be no. maybe totally wrong, but I just kind of get that sense from, from talking to people and, uh, I just do, do feel that it has to be uh, a much more structured uh, if we're going if we're going to make the strides that we hope to make at senior level. We've made a lot of steps, but 
we're we're still not reaching quarterfinals of a championship, and that's the top six. So um, we have a we have a way to go. Let's be honest. Yeah, and I suppose on when you look at the underage, like uh, they're playing minor A shield, playing under sixteen A shield. You know, it, it is a drop down from the from the top tier. You know, and it is going to be harder to you know to bring it up. Like a lot of the Clare team, like Clare won amongst the minor championships, under sixteen championships, and still didn't. You know, they they got to one quarter final in I don't know how many years, and that was on the result of one victory over Dublin. Do you know what I mean? So results have been hard have been hard to come by. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, there is, and you know, like past some of the, the the condition of the of the senior players. I mean, there's no, it's probably no coincidence that your Nevo D and your Claire Hayhers, uh, maybe Orla Duggan, are are the the ones that are starring in most of these games because <coughs> physically they're the they're the most aggressive. They're the yeah they're the most physically built, um, and and that's the sort of game that Camogie has become. You know, we used to complain about it being a free fest. Uh, but then, when they put that extra physicality into it, you have to be able to uh, step up to the mark. And uh, look, uh, we, maybe you can be overcritical just based on one game, but I don't think it's that knee jerk. I think we've said a lot of these things a lot of uh, a lot of years, and and that's not to be uh, personally critical to anyone. I think yeah, no, no, is no, no, exactly. They're <coughs> trying their best to lift up the 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 county as high as they can go, and there has been strides made, uh, but it's just. It just gets frustrating when you when you can't get to that next level. Uh, a small bit of silverware wouldn't have been any harm. Uh, they did it at junior level for definite, and that squad system seems to have worked between the junior and the senior. It's just I don't know. Um, are we are we getting to that next level, um, which yeah. is the most worrying part? Yeah, I suppose on as you talk about the juniors, and it's great to win a league, but to be honest about it, they probably need to be playing it at at the next grade because. They're coming up now again in the junior championship. You're playing Tyrone and Louth, and you know, in fairness, they probably want some of them might be able to hit the ball. Do you know what I mean? With no disrespect, they need to be out of that division, which hopefully they will be after the championship. You know, which will get some of the players, younger players, playing at a higher level again, and at least they'll have a test. You know, they'll be tested rather than you know going straight from junior at the moment with no con- with no competition really going straight into senior. It's too big a jump, really. Yeah, and I think we've seen them. They've competed well against intermediate teams. You know, you're two points off Kerry, who are a flagship team, and we thought we we're going to make great strides for senior uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, they they also beat Dublin in the league, who are intermediate. You know, they've come up against intermediate teams, so that's yeah. not a, a step. They just need to get over the line now. You know, I think a little bit unfortunate, obviously, last year with extra time again uh, in, in the semi final against uh, Antrim. Uh, in the Premier Junior, and but I think they just need to win that now and, and get that sorted. And you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. That wouldn't do the county any harm in terms of Camogie and the attraction of playing it at that level and and trying to uh, get to that next level. So it would be a good boost uh, for for definite. And I think they'll be favourites going into that that Premier Junior Championship. That you know that starts uh, next weekend actually it does, um, yeah. against Loud. So. I think uh, that could be a, a good boost, and and, uh, and and they will be a strong favourites. Definitely to get out of the group, uh, number one. But uh, I think to, to re- finally get to the Crow Park. Uh, yeah, it, be, it, it, any, any, any anything positive now would be would be boost. There's no doubt about that. On before we go on to the senior team, unfortunately, uh, last Monday night in the Gaelic Crowns, Clare put up a massive battle against the uh, red hot favourites, Cork in the under twenty final. <coughs> unfortunately, coming down the track. Just maybe lost their way a small bit. That's probably down to how good Cork were. But what uh, championship turns for his uh, men 
ahead. Yeah, look, it's been a remarkable turnaround and it's kind of fitted in well with the boost, uh, the boost that Clare Orland has got over the last couple of weeks. And, and let's be honest as well, last year, I mean, they were desperately unlucky not to win either of the games. Uh, you know what I mean? Against, uh, against Limerick and Cork. Uh, they led for, for most of those games and then were just pipped to the post. So, while the minors got to the Munster final last year and the seniors got to the Munster final, there was no doubt that the under-20s probably should have been yeah. got there as well. Uh, so while they, but like to say that they'd lost Clare lost nine of their previous ten matches before this season, and then to only lose one match before the final, obviously, uh, and both of those being to Cork, who you know beat them heavily three years ago. Um, I, I remember the game, and I remember Vin Cunningham was a was a star on the day as well. That's right. Them, that, that was that was the COVID that was the COVID match as well. Yeah, it was the COVID match. Yeah, but I think Don Lockusick was over them at the time. Um, so. Uh, They've, they've come a long way you know it's just a pity that they didn't finish the job I don't think they had a great first half they'd admit that to themselves but really stormed into the second half an eight point turnaround there were four points clear going into the final quarter we kind of dared to dream at that stage um, but they only scored two more points I think in in the last 16 or 18 minutes of the tie um, and that's where Cork came strong and unfortunately you, that's not really enough uh, you know we probably probably needed more from, from the fresher legs that came off the bench. Uh, we needed a small bit of guile as well, I felt. It wasn't just all about scores. I felt we made a couple of silly decisions that we probably should have wasted a bit of time. We we should have probably tried to settle it down when Cork had a bit of momentum in their stride. Uh, but ultimately, I suppose they ran out of a bit of steam coming down the final straight. And it's just a great pity because they put in a, a brilliant performance. And I don't think even extra time would have probably suited him at that stage, but... Uh, no, I don't think no. so. Great <coughs> you couldn't fault him. I don't think you could fault him, and, they, and they've had a, a fantastic championship. Uh, it's just a pity there isn't a back door like there is in the minor for the All-Ireland Series, just to see how they would have gone on. Yeah, they, they would certainly, I'd say, have, have lifted themselves again after that good performance on. Just uh, on that, I suppose, uh, without going too much into that game, it's over now, and great performance, great campaign, but... I suppose the most important thing at that level alone isn't necessarily about winning a cup, which we all want to see happening. Of course we do. But, you know, are there five, six, seven potential senior players there? I know there's a couple already, obviously, seniors. But what, what do you think? Can Maybe we'd end up getting just as many as Cork do from their team, uh, serious county players in if, the next two or three years. If not more. And maybe more, possibly. Yeah, yeah look, you, you could definitely. I think, look, a lot of those guys are underage again um, next year. So, uh, look, we'll, we'll, we'll be able to judge a little bit better when they kind of physically develop a bit more. But definitely, you know, your leaders and, and you see the likes of Adam Hogan making that break this year, you know. I mean, he was a year on the senior panel and then this year making his, his breakthrough onto that. Like, you know, a lot of the guys can follow on. Um, I think physically is where probably that that barrier will go uh, in terms of senior. But definitely John Keneally, yeah. you know, yeah. at the back. um while you know he's normally out in the half back line for his own club, definitely filled in well in the full back line the entire year. Started maybe in the corner, uh, doing a bit of man marking and that kind of thing. But uh, had to come into his own. Um, uh, he's had a fantastic final uh, as, as a sub goalkeeper there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no career, no, no um, career for him. Yeah, a backup goalkeeper there. It isn't the isn't the bad place to be. Um, I thought Oshin O'Donnell did a lot of work um, in the final himself. Um, you know, for a guy that's underage next year again, uh, and and you know got a savage whack in the head there, Ooh, shot well, and, yeah. uh, and, and did well to get up from it in the first place. 
obviously you have your likes of of Keith Smith as well that um, has been on the on the panel and you know has those moments of magic will able to catch a ball uh, improve his free take and actually uh, superbly on, in the final itself when the when the pressure was really on uh, and and showed a bit of leadership there as well um, looks there's, there's a lot of players that um, you'd hope to see develop over the next couple of years uh, at that grade um, and. You know, it's, it's an important grade for Clare to be uh, quite prominent in, and I think that the the change over from the knockout to the to being a round robin system, I think, is going to be a fantastic <coughs> development uh, core for for that monster competition as well. Um, and I think it will serve uh, Clare in particular well over the next couple of years because if you see the last two minor teams now, we're going to be filtering those players through um, the likes of Jack O'Neill they're making it on I think he's a, he's going to be a fantastic oh, player if he keeps going in the direction he's going you know and he's underage uh, next year again um, I, I just think that there's a good conveyor belt for, for Clare now and I think the more games these guys get at this kind of a top level the better and and Owen just on that point of the round robin you say uh, my opinion too you're right and I think the round robin at that level helps like to clear better because these lads wouldn't be getting as much high class games at club level whereas maybe in Cork there'll be a lot of high club class club, club, club games with the size of the clubs they have and the amount of A, play, a competition and B like so for the clear lads and maybe even like so Waterford or the smaller Munster teams these games at this level are very very important for development because they mightn't get that same level in club yeah and you just saw it in the football I mean the football is the knockout and Okay, Clare won the first game, but they came up against the Kerry and you know Brown takes the time and all that. And you, you would like to see them get three or four games just to develop it because obviously they're a very good team, but they'll never get to show that because you know you come up against Kerry and they gave it a good shot for the extra time, but ultimately they didn't win it, so they don't move on. Whereas uh, in in the hurling, you know, you have a bad performance and Kerry, you know, it took a bit of time to get into the stride as most teams do in this kind of round robin series. It's had a draw with Tipperary. If it was knockout, it would have to go to the extra time. Who knows how that would have gone? They might have got another game in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a draw in Limerick as well. That could have gone either way. Went down to Waterford, cut their teeth a little. You know, uh, did well, and then uh, lost lost to Cork coming down the final straight as well. So they got five games out of it. Uh, they got two last year. Lost both of them and kind of had their tails in their legs and and kind of had moral victories because it was good performances. But to get five games in, in total come within a whisker winning a Munster title I think it'll be a great boost I know I know it's tough now uh, and in the next couple of days it's no solace to say that you you, you played well in a, in a Munster final but last but I, I think in terms of their development I think it'll be a huge boost for them and it was a great sense of profile and even the kids signed the jerseys and the uh, uh, and the adoration and being role models and all that is a whole new an all new thing for them. And I think it'll only spur them on to be better players. Yeah, and talking about spurring on to be better players, and we go to the to the generation below and the minor fi- the minors later on today. Um, on out in the All Ireland semi final, taking Al Kilkenny, we're probably favourites, uh, Clare, and and it, I suppose it has all the hallmarks of a, a Clare Galway All Ireland final. They would have been tipped from day one. <clears throat> I think t- that's probably going to be very much the case after today, later on in Simple Stadium. Well, I, I hope <laughs> I hope that comes to pass. We uh, we uh, I suppose Kilkenny or Kilkenny, and uh, we do, we should we raise them off at their poor. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I suppose uh, you know they're a good, big, physical team. Uh, they might have the superstars that uh, that Galway have, but they're still a dangerous team and it's still a very organised team. And um, and the, and the only games that they lost actually were to Galway as well. So I think 
I think it's clear can fire at the same level they were at. Definitely, you know, you you see them as, as favourites to try and um, try and topple this this uh, this uh, outrageous uh, Galway team that everyone has been talking about since the start of the year. But I, I think I think it's a much different mindset that Clare are going into it this time around. Obviously, they lost in such heartbreaking circumstances the month of final last year and hit a brick wall really against Galway. I don't think they realised how much that month of final it affected the players. Yeah. Most, but uh, until they played Galway that day and were just so flat, uh, but did get an opportunity to bounce back uh, with that leash game and and obviously lost out in the All Ireland semi final. Um, they had eight games last year and. With the new round robin system again, this is their seventh game. So again, it's fantastic development for these players. Uh, I think there's a bit of more purpose there to, uh, you know, it seemed like an All Ireland semi final was bonus material last year. I think there's a little bit more determination. The, the, the schedule is a little bit more condensed anyway, so they don't really have time to think or or kind of overly celebrate the monster final. I think it, they're a very strong collective. I think there were ten different scores in that monster final, um, and I think. That uh, I think it's a very, very strong spine. They're all there from last year. The Marshidi and Goal, uh, Owen Gunning in the in the in the in the full back line is the captain, obviously. Uh, James Hagerty is a really, really stylish centre back. Uh, Matthew O'Holloran, I think, was pulling to his right position at midfield, where he did a lot of hard work in that final. Michael Collins is their playmaker <coughs> and one of their top scorers as well. And uh, last year you had Fred Hagerty as well coming off. He's coming off the bench this year and he's making a big impact inside there as well. Those players are vital to it. I think they they know what it's like. They've been there before, and then you add in so many new guys into it. Like Ronan Keane has been a revelation. And he's, I think with I know Carey on Carey's been missing, but I think that full back line of Gunning, Keane, and Carey are probably the best full back line the Clare have ever had. Yeah, it's a They're fair full back line. Oh, exciting. And and that's not to talk about Brian Lawn and all those, but like, <laughs> but you know what I mean. They're just that exciting, and their their self belief is unbelievable. Their first touch, and they just burst out with the ball. Uh, they're a real pleasure to watch. Mark O'Brien up front, obviously, as well, uh, has done a lot of the scoring responsibilities. Um, I just think they're a fabulously collective team. I don't think they're any way dependent on one player, which is very very important. Um, because sometimes if you're over relying a superstar, a bit like the team they played against in Cork, that Barry Walsh was a, a rig strong uh, player, but Cork needed him to fire or else they were going to be in trouble. So I think player of the more balance. And I, hopefully they can show that again today against uh, Kilkenny because um, it would be fantastic for us to get back to uh, an All-Ireland final. And not since the likes of uh, Shane Amore and Tony Kelly and all those. Uh, yeah. We've seen that, so... But it Owen, would be a fantastic boost for the county. Owen, is it fantastic as well? Or, you know, uh, I suppose fantastic. It's kind of telling that I suppose we have really good quality backroom teams, both the 20s and the, and the minors as well. You know, quality people who were just there for the, for, for the right reasons and who know the game and who kind of are willing to make the sacrifices and put in the work. You know, the re- really good people involved. And, you know, like Sadola Baloney, for example, you know, one of the, I suppose, one of the, one of the, one of the, you know, most successful, maybe underage people in Clare for a long time, and Brian O'Connell go on to Terence Fahey and Brugler as well. So, you know, good people bringing in the right people with them in terms of physic, uh, strength and conditioning and all the other aspects of it. So, you know, that's awfully important as well as having the players available to you. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. And, and the fact that Donald Maloney's been down this road before and he led that that last crew, you know, you, you look at how dominant they were at under-21 level, the Tony <coughs> Kelly and the uh, Cullum Galvin group and yeah. Jane Amori and all those. In 20, 
uh, 10 in 2011, um, you know, it's an awful pity we didn't win in All-Ireland at that stage. You know, we were unlucky against Kilkenny that day. Uh, that, mm. Remember that ball that came off the post for Tony Kelly in, yeah. the, in the semi-final the following year that went to extra time? We probably should have won it in normal time. I think we let in a, a late goal. Um, and then you saw how dominant they were, 12, 13, 14 uh, at under-21 level. We just we kind of raced to the under-21 championships at a canter. So, I think they'll have regrets, the likes of Donald, and we'll have regrets over not winning All Ireland at that stage. It would be fantastic if we could do it this time around. We're probably going to step too far considering we're going to be out in a couple of hours' time um, uh, this afternoon. So, uh, look, it's about getting over Kilkenny now. It's about getting down to, back down to brass tacks um, and, and actually getting the job done. And that's what semi finals are all about. It's all about the results and uh, hopefully getting over the line and then getting back and seeing what Galway. And and uh, Cork is going to be like, and, and and how the standard is going to be because um, it it should make for two cracking games in total. And one very small thing, or one but important thing, it'd be great to see a clear team being able to handle favouritism. We don't tend to handle it that well at, at different levels. You know, uh, underdogs, yes, big fighting does, and we'll take a team. But you know. The miners are probably seen to be favourites, as Leo said earlier on. So it would be great to see them justifying that and playing with the confidence of favourites, and you know, not getting kind of caught up in it. Yeah, and, and favourites against Kilkenny, you know. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, they're the, they're the role of honour leaders in, um, along with Tipperary in the All Ireland Minor Championship. So, um, and here's here's us as only won one All Ireland, and so they were favourites <laughs> in All Ireland three times, but I. I think I think it's a, a testament to the team and the work that's been put in that they have got to this stage. Um, it would have been a travesty if they'd lost back-to-back Munster finals, a bit like the, the senior Camogie. So the fact that they've got over the line now, I think there's a good bit of relief there for the, the top players and, and the management. And I think hopefully that sense of relief now will allow them to play with a little bit more freedom going into this yeah. uh, semi-final. And, and that they can even blossom even further. I think they've they've been a, a real good sign of the the round robin series that that they've developed, and they've actually found their team as they went. Yeah. Some players have been playing in a completely different position than they were in the first round. So it, it's a sign of a good team that they're able to adapt and learn as they go on their feet, and, and hopefully they can they can show that against the cat. Yeah, and we wish them all the very best. Look, before we get on to the senior hurling, there's also the small matter today on of the first of the All Ireland senior football qualifiers and Donegal coming to Cusick Park today to, you know, the the, the first of these new uh, where they're going to get three games again and, you know, often before when you you suffer a bad defeat you you you, you it took a long time to before they get out to play again but it's better for the clear footballers you know, falling on from the Munster final defeat against Kerry, that they're able to get back out on and back out on the field again and try and eradicate the memories of that day. Absolutely. I think it's the best thing to do. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's probably a good sign that they got into the All-Ireland Championship because if their year was to end on that Munster final defeat to Kerry, I think it would have been a long, long winter. Um, so they can kind of get that out of the system now. You know, they're playing... At home, I think where where they where they definitely perform better um, than than anywhere else. And they're used to the ground. Donegal are making a long old journey, and Donegal have only won one game themselves all year. They're in a bit of disarray. They're in their third management in the space of uh, I suppose twelve months, really. So um, it's about care looking to capitalise on that, and 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 obviously have a point to prove after the Kerry match. They know that they didn't play up to what they could. Um, they, they wanted to be really taken on on Kerry, and it's actually a good sign that for the for the Camogie team as well, the senior Camogie team of 
to see how how Clare can bounce back from from that monster final defeat. It was a heavy defeat. It was something that they were really really regretful afterwards. Um, and now they have a point to prove. And, and let's see, can they do it now? I think they have a great chance against uh, uh, Donegal because of all the games they could have gotten. Uh, Monaghan is a really, really tough one up in Clona. And, and, uh, and obviously you're going to be playing the Ulster champions two weeks later as well, albeit in a neutral venue. But uh, that's never going to be an easy task. So this is the easiest out of the three games, it appears on paper at least. And if we could win it now, it would be a great boost. And we we'll probably, let's be honest, because of this, kind of new system it could probably qualify us for the next stage and come here Owen as you speak you took and you took the next question out of me what a farcical situation where you could you could draw a game and, and maybe get through to, the, to what is it three or four teams are going to be knocked out after another month yeah. and they're talking about fitting in games like just, it's very hard to see the, the logic towards it isn't there there is because uh, you know you have the likes of uh, Kerry that have, have had two really facile uh, victories in Munster and now they're kind of going into another system. I know they're playing Mayo first, but some of the other teams they're going to be playing, you know, just won't be up to the, the standard. So how many kind of uh, kind of comprehensive <coughs> wins can they go through? You know, they're just going through the motions, really, before they get to the real gritty stuff in the quarterfinals and semifinals and, and other finals as well. So... It's obviously good for Clare in terms of development because it's three more games. It's, you know, after the uh, relegation in the league, Clare was staring down the barrel of the Talisman Cup. So this is a great departure. It's just unfortunate that it had to come off such a, a disappointing Munster final uh, appearance. But if it's going to be a bit of uh, re- retaliation, it would be against Donegal. So good for the likes of Clare. Uh, you know, it's going to be frustrating for the likes of the Kerrys and uh, the Dublins and all those kind of teams that you know have to go through this this this, uh, this another group stage uh, before and 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 before they can get to any meaningful games. Yeah. And on now as we get on to the the main business of of, of the weekend, and the, the uh, Munster Senior Hurling Championship, Clare against Cork, Limerick against Tipperary. What a weekend of mouth-watering action to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. I think it's 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 what this Munster Championship is all about. And you know, when I think of this round robin series, I always think of great days in it, um, because it's that kind of local venue. That uh, and not just because it's local to us, it's it's because of that you know kind of really small venue, that intensity, the kind of cauldron atmosphere, a packed house, the, the, the players thinking that the sport is nearly on top of them. That it's just. I think it, it, it kind of epitomizes the Munster Championship to me and, and what it's become because um, that's no disrespect to the knockout system that was there before, the neutral venues and all that, but I think it really brings home that kind of a carnival atmosphere that, that definitely will be there on Sunday because this is do or die for both uh, Clare and Cork and equally so between Nimerick and Tipperary. You know, um, when you're at this stage and it's Clare's last game, they have to perform now. Um, and I think... I think the, the narrative after the Tipperary game, when we thought we were nearly dead and buried before summer had even began, to a system where now we have a home game to to beat Cork to get to a Munster final, I think is a carrot uh, that is very, very juicy for Clare. And I think after the momentum that they're after building up in the last couple of weeks, I think it's a perfect game and a perfect opponent for Clare to try and hit, um, even though Cork are, are unbeaten themselves. Yeah, and I suppose on you know, and they got a, a, a lovely, nice, easy warm-up game last Saturday just to to come down from the high of Limerick and stretch the legs. 
you know, beating a very poor Waterford team, and obviously if they played the same as they played next Saturday, last Saturday, they wouldn't be anywhere near the races. But it was just a grand way to stretch the legs and get ready for uh, the game tomorrow. Yeah, I think it, it was difficult to assess that game uh, from a Clare point of view for, for definite because, uh, you know, with the with the, the blurred uh, lines of formation and things like that, uh, you know, we're not... I don't think we're that good in, like, defenders in a lot of space and there's three or four defenders beside each other, you know. I think I think Clare are much better man-on-man yeah. and 15-on-15 and everyone win their own battle and... and uh, and that type of game, and that is exactly what's going to come on on Sunday because you know Cork are running team as well. Clare are running team when they get going in the counter attack as well. I think it can be a fascinating offset. Uh, the Waterford game was was just bizarre. Um, and that's a, that's uh, you a, know, you're a kind, you're, you're, you're kind. That's a kind way of putting it. No, but it, like a, a win is a win at the end of the day. Yes, but um, uh, we. Uh, and you can only beat what's put in front of you. Um, and and you know, there's serious questions to be answered in Waterford, but that's no concern of players. Uh, they just had to go out and win the game. I think the goal in the first half kind of settled them because there was a lot of confusion as to formations and, and what was going on at the time. And then obviously the sending off and then the second goal just completely finished the game. And uh, <coughs> I think it, there's, a, there's a, a lot of good performances going at the moment. I think it was, it was good for momentum. Back-to-back wins, I think it was important to back up the Limerick uh, performance because uh, how how poor we were against Tipperary, we were excellent against Limerick. So we needed to see that more consistently. And I think it just gives them that, uh, a good cushion now going into this, into this final game. They know it's, everything's on the line now. And we have performed well in that kind of a situation before. Whereas I think Cork, which under Pat Ryan now, obviously trying to assimilate the players that he had, Munster uh, and... All Ireland under twenty uh, back-to-back titles that he won um, in, in twenty and twenty-one. He's trying to get those players into that they wouldn't have experienced a game like this uh, in this kind of an atmosphere before. So I think that will be a big test for Cork as much as it will be for Clare. Oh, and um, games against Cork, this, this modern Cork hurling teams tend to be shootouts more than sort of dogfights. And uh, you know, you, you'd expect Clare will be as capable of scoring 24 or 5 points as Cork would be. I suppose the other end of the field then is where some of the question marks still kind of hang with Clare, and I know Cork have them as well. And, uh, you know, we did a few foolish things in defence against Waterford. As you say, the setups of the teams made it a bit confused, but uh, we do need that defence to show really, put on the shackles on the Cork forwards and just tighten things up and, and cut out any mistakes tomorrow. Yeah, and and if you look at it, uh, you know, not being disrespectful of any squad players, but uh, you know, we're not blessed with strength and depth uh, in the back line. You know, I mean, you the situation where David McInerney came off the last day, and okay, yeah. Paul Fleming goes in there as a great replacement, but after him, who goes in? If you know what I mean. Um, last year, when John Condon was out, Paulie Fitz was was brought in in the All Ireland semi final. There's no, he's not even on the squad now, mm-hmm. so. We're not that rich in in defenders. If if David McInerney, you know, is injured for for the game, look, we don't know that. Like, but um, so Flanagan comes in, but who's the next man in? If you know what I mean. So Kean Nolan uh, has got no runs at all. So even though he's on the squad, so you'd wonder, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I mean, they haven't. Nobody has, you know, been given that. I suppose a, a, a consistent run. Like, I mean, Brendan O'Connell probably got the most out of it as a new defender in the league. And then, you know, he was playing Clare Cup last Sunday. So, you know, um, that's what I mean. Like, you, you don't have that strength and depth, uh, that ready-made replacements to go in there. So, mm. fingers crossed, everyone's okay and, and everything is fine. But I think, you know, from from 
uh, let's say eight upwards. You know, we've a, we've probably a wealth of of options, and you know, Aidan McCarthy was out last week, and hopefully he's back uh, tomorrow as well. Uh, but um, but you know, you know, Ian Galvin goes in there and scores one one. You know, so like we have a bit more strength and depth there. Shane Meehan comes off the bench. You know, you have a few options coming off in terms of the forward line. And that I one's think, yeah, mm, as well. I, I think I think there's an excitement about both sets of forwards. Uh, I think Clare certainly got the better of Cork and probably hit them very, very early on. And, and Cork are one of those teams that if you do get ahead of them and you do get ahead of steam, that they they kind of find it difficult to to um, to, to reel it back because this new team now has a lot, a lot of young players that he's trying to break into the squad because if they're tried and trusted, okay, they got to an Ireland final in, in, in recent years more than we did, but uh, they haven't been that consistent over time and it's kind of faltered when it mattered most. So I think it's important for him to try and bring new players through, but you have to have that balance because, you know, you still have Lahan, you still have uh, Harden, Harnedy. Harnedy. Mm. So uh, they've got a, lot, a few old white heads there as well, but I think Clear in terms of balance and and uh, a collective uh, um, spirit, I think are, are going a little bit better than them at the moment. Yeah, and we wish them all the very best. Look, turning into the, the game in Simple Stadium in Limerick and Tipperary, and what an interesting game this is going to be. Also, a must-win game for both sides as well. And following on the revelations or whatever the the so-called rumours during the week of of, of the departure of Gerard Hogarty, he was gone one minute, he was back in the next minute, and. I tell you, the stewards and the Gaelic Crowns were very quick to point out Monday night that they were nearly on PR mission to tell everyone that Gerard Higgard he was gone nowhere. It, <laughs> you know, it's um, it's something they could have done without maybe the week of this championship game. Owen, ah, look, I, I, I think uh, I think ever since the Clare game, oh, you, we haven't really heard a peak out of out of Limerick, and uh, that's when they're at their most dangerous. I would feel so. I think. In the absence of actual news from the camp, somebody had to make up some news along the way, or someone had to look for some bit of a gap in the in the, the newsreel because they have been very very quiet since that. They obviously went back to the basics, and this was the reset button now that they probably needed, and they probably knew it was going to come at some stage. Um, and because it's in a group stage and not in a in a in a knockout game, uh, have have player poked the bear for others now or. Is there a fault line in this Limerick team? Waterford definitely put it up to them. Uh, Clare beat them. So they've got two more games now against teams that are so far unbeaten. So this will really show their mettle now. So we'll, we'll get to see finally on Sunday, I think, uh, whether this Limerick team are coming back to the pack a bit more or, or is there another backlash in them? And I think it's probably going to be the, the latter if, if you're going by experience because all those players are still there. Okay, your Garrod Hagerty, who has been a player of the year, isn't exactly uh, shooting the lights out at the moment. But um, you know, I don't think it'll take a lot for uh, him and, and others to, to try and move back to the gears. So it, it's going to be a fascinating game. You know, people have been saying about Tipperary are they as good? Uh, you know, did Clare hand them obviously the game in the first one and they drew with Cork. So how good are Tipperary? We're going to find out all those things uh, on Sunday, and it, it's going to be fantastic. If we could, if we could, if we could uh, shorten our celebrations and uh, and get down to the nearest hostelry <laughs> to uh, to watch it, now, it would be fantastic. There'd be a st- there's no doubt there'd be a stampede uptown. There's no doubt at top speed. There's no doubt about that. I suppose <laughs> looking at Tipperary own and Jason Ford gone for them. Sean Finney's gone for Limerick. I think is it Young McGrath's gone for 
or what he's always injured as well for Tipperary. So, and Tipperary looked very open at the back the last day against Cork, and she goes, no better team to exploit him than Nimerick. It's going to make for one of the most interesting weekends. We're going to get an awful lot of answers to all our questions this weekend, Don. <coughs> yeah, look, exactly. I said that, like, and I think, you know, if you look at it, how bad Tipperary were last year, uh, they still put it up probably best outside of Clare to, to Limerick in the group stages. They had them on very, very worried because we were at that game as well because of the, the, the fact it was the, the replay of Clare and Tipperary in the, mm, in the senior Camogie replay. So uh, we all watched that with our with our mouths open to say, could Tipperary actually put off a shock here and beat Limerick? And that's when uh, Tipperary were at their lowest stage. So there's a bit of a buzz and momentum behind Tipperary. Jason Ford is a huge loss, uh, let's be honest, because they need that little bit of experience there, those the kind of wise heads, and he's a fantastic man uh, under a place ball as well. So yes. he, he'd be a huge, huge, huge loss. But, you know, they still have plenty of experience there. And this is the asset test for them. You know, as I said, the, uh, people have been labeling them as, you know, the game was handed to them the first day out. They looked to, you know, they should have put the, the game to bed against Cork maybe at times. So, so this is the acid test for them. It's, it's, it's the biggest barometer they're going to get, and it'll 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 signify whether they're going to be uh, real contenders for for a monster championship, or or you know, are they still in that developmental stage? So I think it, it, it's a game that's going to be fascinating, but I I wouldn't back against them, to be honest. Oh, and there's going to be two fantastic atmospheres at these games. I mean, the Ennis, as we already alluded to yourself there, you know, a small stadium, full house. Uh, carnival atmosphere tipping Limerick with so much at stake a, new, a newish tip a newish tip team with, with obviously most stages new manager as well Limerick under question I mean Tullus will be probably three quarters full as well if not near full so you know these moments are brilliant for hurling followers and uh, it's nearly a shame that will be over in a couple of weeks but that's another story but uh, you know two massive games and, and the country will be talking about hurling Sunday, Sunday night and Absolutely. they can see, and they can see uh, the so games on so television. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So look, the Munster Championship is obviously the jewel in the Hurling Championship crown, really. You know, I mean, it's, you, you don't expect Waterford to be off the mark. You know, they were down in second favourites to be Ireland last year. And if they had played up to form this year, sure, like, it's like a lottery to see who would be mm. the top three getting out of it, not to mind uh, who's going to be in the Munster final. And it's still kind of the case going into this weekend. Okay, Waterford are gone, but then they, all the other four are still in the mix and all can make legitimate cases for having a bit of form behind them. Uh, Limerick obviously had the experience of winning so much in the last couple of years, you know, four in a row, Munster, three in a row of All-Ireland. Tipperary have have come back from the from the dead of last year. They've won a match and drawn one. Same thing with Cork and Clare have won their last two matches. So hmm. all those teams will be confidently going into this uh, penultimate round and the only danger is, I suppose, that if, if results go in a certain way, that the last, the last round would be a bit anticlimactic because Tipperary and Waterford, you can't see that's freely been uh, a conscious. It's hard to see how yeah. Tipperary or Waterford would be able to pick up the pieces regardless yeah. of how Tipperary get on against Limerick. And uh, the Limerick Cork uh, may not matter as much at that stage if depending on, on how the scoreline goes uh, on Sunday. So this is the real round. This is the... This is going to be the the ultimate round, and uh, it, it's all to play for. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's 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 hard to see what way it's going to go at the moment. But from the outset, it looks p- perhaps like uh, Limerick can care to to maybe get through 
uh, and possibly even uh, at the end of it set up a, a repeat of last year's final. Yeah, that looks, it looks very good. We take that, no, there's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. a quick word on Linster, and obviously there's games there uh, this weekend, but sure, look at to all intents and purposes, it's going to be a Kilkenny Galway Linster final again. Yeah, I was really disappointed with the, the Galway Kilkenny match um, the last time there. You know, we talk about the intensity of the Munster Championship, and you come off a Clare and Limerick game like we did on the Gaelic rounds, and see your fit to burst with excitement and and pride in the whole lot, and then you you go with the the Galway to Kenny with no intensity. Uh, Kenny were kind of leading all the way up along in the last quarter, and then you know it was pegged back for a draw, and they weren't really that perturbed, you know, because they knew at the end of the day that regardless of how the results went, they're probably going to meet each other again in the Leinster final, and that's just. The going through the motions is, is not exactly what you want. They're, they're not getting enough tests in, in Leinster to warrant even being slightly worried or looking over their shoulder at any stage. So, unfortunately, there's a bit of a contest between the between the provinces. And, and look, there's not a lot you can do about that at the moment unless other teams make the move up. And sure, look, Offaly are making strides, I suppose, yeah. at the moment. They Green shoots there, yeah. Now in a Leinster in the 20s, so they'll be coming hopefully into the mix uh, in, in not so long, but you you still need a bit of a revival from Wexford. You need a, a revival, uh, you know, from from a lot of teams. Dublin, you, you, you hope there's an extra gear in them, but it's hard to look past Kilkenny and, and Galway at the moment. Um, realistically, uh, it, it seems like a walk in the park for them. And I, I you know, it's, it's hard to to look at the Leinster Championship when you're watching. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. It's, it's, it's like chalk and cheese. There's no doubt about that. Owen, the time has caught up on us uh, here on Scarlet Bay Community Radio. Many thanks to you for giving us your view on Camogie football and, and the hurling here on Scarlet Bay Community Radio today. And as always, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us. You're listening to Sportsline on Scarlet Bay Community Radio, 88.3 and 92.7 in East Clare around the world on scarifbayradio.com and on the TuneIn radio app Sportsline is sponsored by Derek Credit Union Once again thanks to Owen Brennan for taking the time to talk to us and now uh, Pat what a weekend we have a, good, a great weekend in, in, in GA and especially in hurling terms what a weekend for the club rugby probably until we the European rugby the, a repeat of last year's European final Different venue this time though, not is at home in the Aviva this time for Leinster, taking on the reigning champions, Ronan O'Gara's La Rochelle. Ah, sure, it's an amazing game to look forward to the home game for Leinster, as you say, with because of their performances up to now. Um I think I would have I would regard La Rochelle as a serious serious threat to Leinster still. But I think they nearly have been a bigger threat if Leinster happened to beat Munster easy enough the last day. But I think Munster did Leinster a favour with that last second drop goal. Well, if Owen Brennan said about poking the bear with Clare, yes. Munster definitely poked the bear with Leinster. Because I'm feeling it's been much easier now for Leo Cullen and, and Lancaster and those to get these Leinster lads physically up for this game, which they'll have to be, because they've already let a, a good trophy slip. Uh, you know, they would be. They are a stronger team than Munster currently overall, a stronger squad. But... Um, Fair play to Munster, we're all delighted what they did and they have a trip to the Stormers and look at, I wouldn't rule them out by any means. But going back to this, ev- this evening's game, um, it's still a tough one for Leinster I think because La Rochelle have such power and size and physical and if they get you into a kind of a, if they get you into a, a, a grip uh, and a 10-man kind of a game of attrition, 
Leinster can finally have to release themselves out of that because they wouldn't have the same physicality as such. But mentally, Leinster are in a great position. I mean, they've lost the game to the great rivals, Munster, a semi-final of a, of, a, of a fairly big tournament. And here they are in the greatest tournament of all uh, at club rugby and they have a chance to win it on home soil, having been beaten last year. So combine all those things with having nearly all their team fit, I think, uh, no, not too many obvious losses apart from six and himself, of course, but it's going to be a great, great game. I, I think it's going to be one of the games of the year and I think uh, I think Linster will win it. And uh, I suppose, if you like, Linster will be going out with most of the team that won the, the Six Nations Grand Slam. You know, that's how strong they are. And when we, when we talk up La Rochelle, I suppose, with the talk up, I suppose, Roger's coaching as well. I mean, he, he got it right last year. He's a shrewd operator and uh, he knew where Linster might be a bit weaker or vulnerable or where they might be strong as well. And he neg- negatized that. But, uh, you know, with Aldrich and all those guys, they're ruling all, all, those, all those lads they have. They're, they're, they're very physical. So it has the makings of a really, really mighty match. And uh, Linster with the squad they have, you know, and even the bench coming on, it's hard to see them being beaten in this one. Now that they've got the warning, with that loss to Munster and I think that no matter what Rochelle throw at them I think Linster will impose their own game on them open it up move them around the field and get the scores Yeah and of course the last time La Rochelle were in, in, in the Aviva they didn't play that well against Ulster either so well, gener- you, I suppose you, generally you know, speaking they the French play. teams don't tra- travel that well anyway to Ireland or to maybe even to, 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 to the other two venues but in a final obviously it's different and of course they have the influence of Rog there and Rogers the Munster influence so uh, Munster could travel one time when they were going well so Roger knows that and he'll know how to get the best out of them as well and also it is the departure of Stuart Lancaster after the game it is his last game as coach to Leinster and in, in fairness he has to be one of the greatest additions to Irish rugby and, to, and of course to Leinster rugby that has ever come on the scene and the English RFU must be crying every day and night over what they've done Tandy Farrell and, and letting Farrell and Lancaster go because what a job they've done for Ireland and in fairness I know Lancaster's off to new pastures but yeah. what a job he has done uh, for Leinster and Irish rugby but the proof of the pudding is in Eden the results speak for themselves and the performances over the years with Lancaster I mean Leo Cullen is sort of director of rugby directing the management side of it I'd say Lancaster is the brains behind that operation and uh, a superb appointment he was uh, England they should be kicking themselves because they have been messing around with different people since and, and not getting it right but uh, Leinster have him they have him for one more day and a, a, a very big day it is and I think Leinster you know with the players they've had over the last three or four years a, they should be a little bit disappointed in, in their return in terms of of, high, of Munster European Cups I should say because uh, you know they have four as they're going for their fifth I mean they probably should have five or six at this stage with the squad they have and I mean as I said the majority of whom have won the yeah, Grand yeah. Slam so um Great game. Uh, it, it, the other thing about it is it's great for the likes of Ross Borden, for example, to play in these high-pressure, big crowd matches. Big with him. the World coming up, with the World Cup coming up, Johnny Sexton may not, may or may not be fit enough to play. He's certainly going to play all the games. And, uh, you know, players like that playing in pressure games, I think is a good preparation for the World Cup. But that's all forgotten about today. It's about, the, it's about winning the European Championship. And I think uh, Leinster, who have just... Look at their performances, even with second squads out. They've been better than most clubs in Europe when, when they want to. So um, I think with the best team they have out and the bench they have to come on, I think they'll play the game on their terms. And I think with the home crowd behind them, and, uh, you know, referees are affected slightly by home crowds as well, some little bit, you know. So I think it was a 50-50 in terms of, uh, you know, a tackle or a yellow card or maybe a non-yellow card. Uh, they'll be looking for ways out of it because that crowd will be will be seriously they'll be being, no Absolutely. So... Um, he was literally looking forward to it. a massive day with the Clare Miners playing early in the day and, and that in the evening and the hurling and everything else. So, uh, you know, 
sports fans waiting and we never had us so good yeah and, and Pat we can't let the moment go but as you said you, mean, you alluded to briefly Munster yeah. uh, for all their woes on season they're now back in the final okay they have to go to South Africa where they've already beaten the Stormers a, a number of weeks ago but whatever happened on that trip to South Africa this time it has been a renaissance for, for Munster rugby and I'd be happy for the likes of Round 3 as well because I think he's a very genuine guy and uh you know, another Englishman. Another Englishman, but I think he's genuine. I think he has Monster's best interest at heart. I think, you know, I think you'd like to see him doing well. And, uh, you know, the squad, the Monster squad, sometimes it plays better than some of its parts. There are a lot of ordinary players in the pack, I think. You know, the front row and the replacements are ordinary enough, I think, in, yeah. in, you know, in, in, in comparison to Leinster and, in, and even Ulster and that. But, um, Still, the Munster spirit is there, and uh, to get that win against against Leinster was a massive thing for. And to win it, and to get the win and score, Pat playing real Munster rugby, the, real the old, the old, the old, old grind. In, in I was going to say Fergie time. What would you, time would you call it? Ten or twelve years ago, when they were going well, you know, run the Garrett time, exactly. Yeah, but uh, I think it's fantastic, and you know something. Uh, uh, I'm hoping Jim might want us to cover that game in st- in South Africa. If Jim for <laughs> SBCR, I will certainly volunteer to make the sacrifice to go. I know it, it's a long. You'd have to go with I would go and I would go and come to the Monster Stormers game. Um, I was looking about years ago uh, to be out to be out and see the Stormers underage system uh, there uh, in in Stellenbosch where they have the training ground and I looked at the under 19s one day. There was on holidays out there. Colin was out there at the time and uh, it was just nice to see the. The, the, the absolute seriousness but to take the rugby there and the, the parents watching the young lads playing and I'll tell you one thing um, the facilities out there are superb as you would expect in South Africa rugby but uh, um, Stormers is the kind of team I've been half watching since because I've just seen a little bit of it at a distance and, uh, but look um, fantastic to look forward to that and I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, closer, to, closer to the big moment as well but uh, you know great day, great day, a, great, a great weekend sport and uh, Look at uh, I do I do hope Leinster win it because I think it's good for Irish rugby if Leinster can win a Heineken Cup and I think it's good for Irish rugby if we get with confident players into this World Cup as well and uh, that's the big thing this year. Yeah, and I suppose Pat, we can let the program go. Unfortunately, uh, Man City, a lot of people's new team, yeah. are in the, the Champions League final. Look at this is probably all but done and dusted that they're going to defeat East or Inter Milan in in that final. So, but also. Another season, United, Man United getting more trophies than Liverpool, more bonus season uh, uh, as well. And then and a cup final to come again, Man City. Look, the, the bigger clubs, the strong clubs are getting bigger and stronger. It's all about, it's, it's about, the, it's about the, billion, the multi-billionaires now and the money they're putting in. And we can talk about sports washing and all that. I wouldn't be a fan of City, but you have to admire the players they have and you have to admire... Guardiola, I suppose, in fairness, uh, is the background stuff with all the, you know, who 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 owns the, the franchise. As, as someone yeah. said, Man City could be based in 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 Frankfurt, or they could be based in 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 Doha. It could be anywhere. Uh, it's the same players making the big money, and they'd be ruining the rules. Uh, I do remember Man City years ago having Mike Smurby and Colin Bell and Lee, Rodney Fra- Marsh and all Francis those Lee. genuine team with very few followers. Uh, United were always the big team there, but uh, look at they're going to win it. It looks like, and I don't think Inter Milan are near that standard. The other tie, Milan, the two Milans, I think was ordinary enough football. Uh, City were brilliant both days against Real. And, and, Pat, and not a word about the the fair play at the moment or that money problem that no. was going on. All gone, all gone to dust. <laughs> all Pat, gone. As always, thanks a million. And Welcome, that yeah. concludes our sports and show here today on Scarab Community Radio in association with Derek Credit Unit on 88.3 FM and 92.7 FM.
as always, my thanks to Corpus Inter, Pat McNamara. Thanks to our guest today, uh, journalist Owen Brennan. Thanks to Jim and uh, Control Tower for keeping us going here. And thanks very much to you for tuning in. And as we, we hope you enjoyed the show and that you're looking forward as much to the weekend's, weekend's entertainment as we are. And all that remains is a media dial. Until we meet again, it's been a day, August Lawn.